You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph and I have a fun episode today and a guest here with me. So I am going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell you all of the places that you can find her online. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Angelica Krishi and I am a underworld witch. Um, so I work with Hades as my main deity, as well as um, some other phonic underworld deities. Um, I'm based in Salem, Massachusetts, which is really exciting and very lucky to live here and to have grown up near here. Um, but yeah, I'm really passionate about teaching underworld magic um, for folks that are interested in that, as well as um, I'm also a business coach and a content strategist for specifically witches and spiritual entrepreneurs. Um, and I work with people all over the world, as well as locally in Salem, um, helping businesses with social media expression. Um, and I consult really like from the lens of how can I help somebody initiate their dreams and, des and desires now? Like, how can I, <clears throat> you know, help you manifest your desires naturally and let that flow to create incredible content? I love that. And that there's so many things to to talk about with everything that you just said there. Um, yes. So why don't we, let's start with kind of your story of how you got to where you are now, because obviously living in Salem is so cool. And I know so many people have questions about that. Um, but also that you worked professionally as a witch in Salem for a while. So how did this all come about? Where did your path start? Yes. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, it started in a really funny place of all places. It didn't actually start in Salem, but um, I was living in Zion National Park in Utah. Um, I before I was a professional witch and was doing, you know, marketing and business consulting, I was a travel agent or like a concierge, and I was working there with my partner who was also in that industry, and yeah, we found ourselves like in the middle of the wilderness, living in a dorm room, just sort of working in this very interesting environment. And that's kind of when I decided that I really wanted to go professional with my tarot and astrology. Um, and that's, yeah, is where I started. Um, and I started making content in Zion and we had no Wi-Fi, So I had to like go to the local library and post everything. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, that is dedication. Then, <laughs> yes, I know. It was, it was so funny. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And it's hilarious because I actually took a podcast interview one day, um, from Zion, from the front desk, I called in on like the company phone because I my phone didn't work in the park and did like a whole witchcraft podcast interview. So that was my oh, wow. my humble origins. <laughs> but um, you know, I ended up moving back to Salem um after the contract was over with that job. And my intention really manifested. Like I decided that I was going to go from, yeah, being, you know a working in a nine to five to being full-time and having that take, you know, over my income. And within a couple of months, um, things really started popping off and I had, you know, a 
fairly large clientele. And I started working downtown in Salem at one of the shops doing tarot there as well. And yeah, that's really where everything started for me um, and how it all kind of began. That is so interesting. So what is, what is Salem like, first of all, to live in, but then also for people who are wanting to visit, who are wanting to talk to which practitioners who live and work there, what can people expect? Yeah, it is amazing. First of all, um, I mean, it's (laughs) (laughs) like, it's just wonderful. It's amazing. Um, Salem's a really interesting town. So like the local percentage of people who identify as pagan is fairly high. It's like around 30 to 35%. Um, So yeah, it's, it's amazing. So there's a lot of people that are like-minded there if, if you're a witch or if you're pagan. And so it is really cool to visit and to experience. Um, I would definitely say if we're going to come, which you definitely should come when it's not October, because this time of year, there's, you know, so many more people that enter the city from neighboring states and from all over the world. Um, you know, the city, I forget exactly how many people live here, but on any given day in October, anywhere from 50,000 to over 100,000 people enter the city from other places. And it's a fairly small um, colonial town. Like, you know, it's kind of tucked away, um, you know, there's sort of like a suburban area and it's kind of like tucked away, you know, in streets and parts of the state that like aren't supposed to have that many people coming to them, right? You know, it's a fairly small city. And so it is quite chaotic once October comes around, um, but it is super fun. And I would definitely say that if you're going to come to Salem, um, try to stay either in a neighboring town or at the Hawthorne, which is like the haunted hotel and really like find and look for places um, either on social media or, you know, recommended places that are owned by pagans and are run by witches um, because there are a couple places in town that, you know, it's just for tourism and it's not really like authentic practitioners. I was going to ask if that, if there comes up like a lot of scams or people that are just trying to use quote unquote witchcraft to make a buck off of tourists and aren't actually practitioners themselves. Yeah, there's definitely places like that, but I feel like they're fairly easy to spot. You know what I mean? Like if you're a witch and you're walking around Salem, um, it's fairly easy to go like, okay, well, this place does, you know, children's parties and they do tarot readings. Okay. Maybe it's not really, (laughs) you know, for, for me. (laughs) Fair, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like that's just a, such an interesting place to live. It's on my list. I have never been there. I want to visit terribly. So it's definitely, you know, on my list of place, witchy places that I want to visit, like for that sole purpose. But yeah, I could imagine that in October, it is just crazy. I can't even picture that many people being in that space. Cause I know it's not very big. Yeah. It's it, fairly small. And the downtown is, it's even smaller. And that's really like the, the, cool magical fun part about it is downtown the rest of it's just sort of like a normal city very fun so how was it then moving from you know being a full-time tarot reader into deciding that you really wanted to be a business coach and moving to that side of it instead and really focusing on other people who are sort of doing the same 
things that we are in this spiritual entrepreneur area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was um, something that looking back is not surprising that I went in this direction. Um, but yeah, it, it felt definitely like I was making leaps and, and jumps in the middle of it. Um, I guess I've always wanted to own my own business. And I, I always talk with my, um, my husband about how, you know, I always said to him, like, maybe I'll open this business or maybe I'll do this. And recently he said to me, like, you know, I think you are always just about business, like, you know, even more than, than anything. Right. And obviously like, I love tarot and I've been a witch for a very long time and, you know, adore helping people and working with clients. Um, and so those two interests of mine, like helping clients, working with them closely, as well as, um, you know, really loving the business side of things and watching members of my family start businesses and, you know, thrive and, and whatnot, I think culminated into this place where I was like, you know what, tons of my clients, like I would say 75% of my clients were coming to me in readings or astrology sessions and we we're talking about their business and I was doing coaching and I was doing consulting and I was like you know what this is exactly what I want to do moving forward because even when I was a tarot reader I specialized in career and in business and it was just kind of like I think back on it and it was natural but at the time I definitely was like okay like this this feels like a leap but I love it well I love that I know a lot of tarot readers who tend to specialize in relationships and love. So yes. to hear that you specialized in career, that's, that's kind of fun. Oh yes. Yeah. And, um, it really just lit me up and gave me just so much life, like helping people with their career, talking about it from the lens of life purpose. That was always very much my lens and, and still to this day when I consult with people and talk about social media, um, and how they can, you know, show up in the way that they dream to, I guess you could say on social media. Um, it definitely does come down to life purpose and expressing, you know, the things that you want to say and you want to do. And I, and I do love social media for that, um, permission slip to people of like, you know, you can talk about what lights you up and, and people will be impacted by that. Yeah. I think it's a great way for which is to find community and realize that they're not so alone. Cause not everybody is lucky enough to live in Salem and have such a huge population of fellow pagans. Like I know a lot of places it's just, there's, they're, they're the only ones around. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so true. So switching gears to, I want to talk a little bit about your deity work because that it fascinates me, especially the deities that you work with in particular, mm -hmm. I feel like is not very common. So I'd love to hear more about how you came about that with the particular ones that you work with and what that looks like in your life now. Absolutely. Yeah. So the main deity that I work with is Hades, um, the Greek god of the underworld. <laughs> and yeah, he's always been around my life, but I never... I shouldn't say I never realized, but it took me kind of a while to realize that it, that it was him. Um, but I've had plenty of like childhood experiences with paranormal things happening. And I used to dream a lot about this guy, like this figure who wore all black and he had like this long black hair. And he always talked to me about how he was like 
protecting me and that, you know, he was like watching over me. And so for the longest time I was like, I was raised Catholic too. So I'm like, is this like uh, my guardian angel? Like who, who is this? Right. Like what's going on here. Um, and then I started like reading about Greek mythology when I was maybe like a little bit of an older child, um, and always loved the Hades and Persephone story and just felt like, so almost like a, I would get emotional when I would read it. And, um, whenever I'd watch like Halloween movies, like the corpse bride and like stuff like that, like, especially ones where like they would go into the underworld or like into the afterlife. Um, I would just cry and be like to my parents, like, that's where I'm from. Like, that's my home. And, and so I would get really choked up about that kind of thing. And as I was looking back on that as like a teenage pagan who, you know, started going to rituals in Salem and, um, you know, would, would drive into Salem and, you know, buy a bunch of, yeah, like all the supplies and read all the books, you know, and that sort of thing. I was like, wow, like, you know, paganism and working with deities is something that I can do. And since I did have such a connection with both like the underworld and the phonic realm, as well as Greek myths and Hades, I, I think that this is my connection. So I've been working with Hades and have been familiar with the fact that he's my deity probably since I started practicing magic at like 14, 15. That is so interesting. Absolutely. I, one of my favorites, I don't work with any deities, but I'm definitely a, you know, hard polytheist that I think that there's all different kinds of deities for all different types of religions. I absolutely believe they exist. I just don't, I haven't worked with them, but I Mm -hmm. am absolutely fascinated by all of the underworld deities. And I, I think that's such a small portion of witches that are willing to embrace that and work with that because I think a lot of people are scared. Yeah, it's so true. I know I was even uh, talking to a group last night um, about working specifically with underworld deities and and all the questions were like, well, what if I'm a little scared or like, you know, what if something bad happens? <laughs> and it's like totally valid like to, to think that way. Um, but the response I always give is like, especially with Hades, you know, Hades is like the overseer of everything in the underworld and reincarnation and and all those things. And even like life purpose, right? Like the work that I do with people with their life purpose and with fate and translating that now into business. um, He really cares about you expressing your legacy while you're embodied and really wants to make sure that he helps folks do that. Um, and I think a lot of death deities, that's their primary focus when working with, um, you know, the living, right. (laughs) Is like helping them live and, and feel really good about their embodiment. And that's kind of the lens to which I look at Hades and, and what his message is, I guess, for the world, or when I work with people, um, and teach them about the underworld, that's always the first thing I say is like, you know, he really is for the living as, as much as he is for the dead. So if somebody were just starting out and were interested in working with underworld deities, what do you recommend that they start with? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say you want to find, you know, somebody that you want to come into contact with. Right. Um, I think it's always helpful to have a little bit of like a plan because, you know, the underworld is, is full of, um, you know, human spirits, other entities, all sorts of things, right? Like there's all sorts of um, 
things that exist within that plane, just kind of like any other plane that's not our here, like, and now reality. Um, and so it's always helpful to like have exactly who you're going to contact. So whether that is like Hecate or Anubis or, um, and you know, hell underworld deity from the Norse pantheon, you want to really have that in mind. And you might also want to research what other names they go by, what other, um, aspects they have. Um, and then when you're doing an evocation or maybe not quite to that level yet, but you're just looking to come into contact with them, maybe find them in meditation or write a letter to them. I always find it's helpful to write down all of the names that they go by. And this is kind of like, you know, if you were, I don't know, like looking for somebody in like a phone book or something, right? Like you'd be like, okay, here's this person's name. This is where they live. I recognize this street. I recognize this, right? You're just not going to like send a random letter to like some random person that kind of has their name, but looks similarly to them. And, and this is, you know, obviously to make sure that you are actually contacting these deities over other types of entities and that sort of thing. And I think that that's something that people worry about. Um, it's not really something that I've run into as like a huge working problem, but it's just a good best practice um, to you know, recite all of their names and epithets, um, and often deities will have, will have many. Well, that's really interesting is, you know, I, I've asked that question before to other practitioners, other people who've appeared on this podcast about starting deity work, and you are the only one who's ever mentioned something like that. Uh, so yeah. that's, that is a super interesting practice. And I do think that's a great idea. I agree with you that I think that's where some of that fear stems from is, yeah. am I contacting the right person is, or is it some spirit or something that's just trying to mess with me? So that's kind of a really great way to go about it and, and get rid of some of that fear right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, it gets you researching them and learning more about them. And for me, like the research of deities has always led me intuitively to a conclusion, right? Like, I'll be researching them and I'm like, wow, like this lights me up. This feels so familiar. I know I'm meant to work with this person. Or sometimes I'll do that research and I'm like, you know what? I don't feel as connected as I did initially. And, and sometimes that can help. Yeah. And I think that works both ways, you know, yeah. do, don't take it personally if you don't want to work with them. And at the same time, you shouldn't take it personally if they don't want to work with you. Cause not every relationship is, is right at the, that particular moment in time. Exactly. Yeah. And deep work really is like a relationship. I often talk about it in terms of like, you know, dating people, right. It is, you know, sometimes there's like that phone tag that you play with the deities, you know, with like, they're calling out to you and you don't, you know, maybe get their signs or you're not ready. And then, you know, months later, years later, you finally connect or you don't. Yeah. There's definitely an ebb and flow. It doesn't have to be, you know, all or nothing. And you have just like one deity above all the others and, and you work with them every single day, you know, every relationship is ebb and flow on both sides. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I think for me for a long time, like Hades was my primary, like he was, you know, my patron and I wasn't really as interested in like the feminine divine feminine goddesses. Um, I think just personal relationships with women in my life and, you know, mother figures and stuff like that were difficult for me and so it took a while for me to really like want to work with goddesses um I was always very interested in deity work but I was like 
who's like a cool masculine that I can run with rather than like, you know, finding like my, my matron or my mother. But, um, you know, as I got older, that became so much easier for me. Yeah. I think there's a lot of balance that goes into that as well. Like if you have a lot of your own strong feminine energy, then reaching yeah. out to a more masculine deity sort of balances that. I, exactly. I love, I love Persephone. I love everything about Persephone and her story and every, like all the Persephone myth- mythology. So I'm right there with you. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I never really connected that well with Persephone. Like I just, you know, I always loved her and loved her story and, and very much felt like I was walking her path. Like I was, um, you know, my life mirrored her life in a lot of ways. And Hades was helping me kind of like initiate and, you know, move into different phases of my life. But I think that's why me personally haven't really, like, I haven't really personally connected with her because I think in a lot of ways, I'm almost too close to her. Like I'm almost like too close to that myth. Um, and, and that, yeah, like her identity that I feel like she's just kind of living within, but not as an external force in my life. Very interesting. So what does a typical day look like for you when that comes to, you know, from when you wake up in the morning, any deity work that you include, any sort of things that you do for your business and spirituality, what um, encompasses your daily life? Oh, I love that question. Um, That's great. Yeah. You know, I try to get to the altar every day, but I, I'm more of like a night person. So that's kind of like how I, it's like my nightcap, you know, I talk with Hades, um, you know, usually burn some incense to him, uh, maybe light his candle. And um, I write a lot of devotional poetry and obviously recite just existing prayers for him. And so that's kind of like my, my nighttime routine, but I guess um, I start the day with a journaling practice. I am a huge journaler and I'm just always so excited to, you know, get all my thoughts out and and see what's hiding, you know, in my psyche. And so it's always very fun for me. Um, I love meditation and EFT tapping is like a huge part of my daily life and, and a lot of, you know, coaching, especially when I do more like mindset based coaching with people and, you know, embodiment coaching. Um, sometimes it's, it's really like battling those, those old narratives that are kind of stuck, um, in your head and like playing on repeat. And so EFT tapping for me is really helpful for that. Um, and so that's kind of how I start my day. And then I go into my client work, um, with clients that I work with in Salem. Sometimes I'll go into downtown and do some filming for them and their social media platforms. Um, you know, I come back to my office and work with people online and, and meet with, um, my online clients. And yeah, that's kind of my, my day to day. Sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of interesting, fun things you do in your, throughout your day. I still am so jealous of your proximity to Salem (laughs) and just like having that, having that, that community and everything. Oh, I know it is. It is a huge blessing. Yeah. And obviously makes for great photos and videos too. Oh yes, absolutely. So what is your advice to somebody who is a complete beginner when it comes to witchcraft, 
manifesting, daily work, spiritual business, all of those things. What do you offer to complete beginners? Yeah, I love that. Um, I would say for complete beginners, I think that it's not really that important to have like a plan or like have like a strategy. I think that maybe that comes later on. Um, but just to really like do what feels good and, you know, try to like go with what your urges are and your natural desires are. I think for me, when I first started doing all of this, I did have a lot of stories in my mind of like, you know, I can't do it like this, or I can't work with this person, or, you know, I can't just manifest or do this meditation. Like that's too, you know, new agey or like whatever it is, right? Like all these ideas of of what a witchcraft practice or a manifesting practice or anything should look like. And I think that just seeing what really fills you up and what can become part of your toolkit is the most important thing. And, and I would also even give the same advice for content creators and spiritual entrepreneurs, right? Like really figuring out what your message is and what it is that you want to talk about and trying all different types of, you know, ways of getting that message across out is so important before, you know, you can really have that clarity. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. That's all great advice for beginners, but experienced practitioners alike. I think we could all use that reminder. (laughs) Yeah. It is such a personal practice and nobody can tell you how you should do it. Right. And, and I think with that, you know, definitely reading and taking classes and, you know, finding people that you resonate with and, and you feel like they have something to teach you, I think could be really helpful too. I, I know that learning for me, was a huge thing. And, and again, like, you know, being in Salem, there was always classes, there was always events and, and things like that happening in person. But I think that that's the beauty of the internet now is you can find like podcasts like this and other things like that to help. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it's been a great community of like finding like-minded people and finding other witches and realizing that you're not alone, but there's, there's definitely a double-edged sword there like that, <laughs> that, um, like perfectionist game or thinking that it has to be a certain way because you see it that way on social media. Like, oh, my altar is never going to be as pretty as hers, you know, like, but you have to yes. just realize that, that social media, like point paints a very perfect picture. That's not always reality. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I completely agree with you. And yeah, I mean, it's funny because this is something that I, experience a lot and have experienced and you know yeah like I you know for me it's like I'm like I kind of figured everything out like 10 or you know 12 years ago and I started doing magic and and things like that but um you know so I I would consider myself to be like you know having done it for a long time a little bit of an expert or like you know I know the way I like my altar set up right you know but then yeah you do see people on social media and you're like wow, I'm questioning absolutely everything. Um, But I think that it can be a really positive reframe of like, okay, this is challenging a part of myself that maybe isn't that confident or um, I I shouldn't say like, you're not confident if you have those feelings. I think everybody goes through that, but like there might be a part of you in, in your shadow work that 
is bothered by, you know, that or is very self-critical and thinks that, you know, you're inherently doing something wrong. And I think it goes back to like the witch wound of like, you know, is this safe for me to be doing this? Should I be talking about my practice? You know, should I be practicing a a certain way? And um, social media kind of gives that funny layer to it because everyone is doing it very publicly now. and, And it kind of, yeah, it just creates a little bit of that, like, weird cognitive dissonance around the witch wound of like everyone's talking about it but yeah this is still something that you know maybe I want to keep private or feels unsafe and in some way to to discuss and to talk about and so I think all of those can come through um comparison and I think both can exist together which I you know it sounds weird coming from me because I'm so open about it I have a podcast for years <laughs> I share yeah you know, everything, but even that, even as much as I have shared and how many years I've been doing this, I still have not shared absolutely everything about my practice. There are still Mm -hmm. things that are completely secret and I will probably never share. So I feel like you can be, you can have both in one practice. So if it's, you don't feel like, you know, totally comfortable sharing every little bit of yourself, I think it's important to keep things, some things personal. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I work with a goddess right now that I've never publicly talked about. And I, I even though I publicly talk about Hades and, you know, everybody kind of knows I work with him, they're always like, oh, who's, who do you work with? Like on the feminine side? And I'm like, the world will never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun to have some some private things as well. It is, yeah. And I think that it can really help with the social media, like, presence you know if if you're somebody that's a content creator or you're aspiring to to do that and make content about witchcraft I think that's a really good first step as well is to really like you know define one thing about your practice that you want everybody to know and that you really want to share and, and maybe even want to be known as that um and then you know from there creating your message or creating um those content pillars and and what it is that you really want to talk about whilst also naming things that you, you you just don't want to say. And and I think it can create like almost like the sexiness with your social media presence rather than like the feeling of obligation. And like, I have to post or I have to talk about this. It's kind of like, this is the side of me that I publicly, you know, talk about. And it almost feels like a little bit of like an alter ego energy or a little bit of like, you know, that public facing persona and like public image um and then that can like sort of protect you almost in in your internal self of of who who you really are (laughs) and I think that you that's something you really excel at personally (laughs) just um, (laughs) you know your Instagram and your website and everything that you choose to share like you are very on brand and I love that about you. <laughs> like, yes. yes, yes, the Hades, yes, the red and black. Like you are so on theme. And I and I love that. Um, because I think people know and understand what they're getting from you, but at the same time, you know and understand that you are still your own person and have your own private parts of your practice as well. So I think you're loving the best of both worlds. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I completely agree. And I think that if you're, you know, if, if you love looking at like that kind of aesthetic or you have a certain aesthetic that um, you want to embody 
definitely go for it because it really like provides that beautiful like limitation of like what to share or what colors to wear like things like that because I think that when you're starting out it's just like or when you're trying to refine things it's just like what yeah what do I share and for me I'm like okay I have my you know red dresses and my fonts that I use and and I can very easily click into that part of me when it's time to like post stuff which I just, I love your feed. It's so, it's like so cohesive and pretty. And I'm just like, yes, I know what I'm, when I'm getting, when I uh, go check out your, your pictures and your reels and things. So I think um, the listeners are really going to enjoy that. I mean, I'm going to have everything linked as usual in the show notes and over at whichwednesdays.com. So you can check out everything, um, including the lovely Instagram feed that we're talking about here. Yes. Thank you. But I, I do feel like that's a great um, topic and something that you have a lot to share about. So if anyone is out there is considering making moves in this sort of spiritual business side, which not everyone wants to, not everyone wants to turn their witchy hobby into a business. But if you're interested, then I think this is definitely an area you excel in. Yes, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. Like it's not, it's not for everybody. And um I even work with a lot of people that like they are witchy themselves, but they have a business that's totally something different. And that's a really interesting like part of my work too, because, you know, I can bring things to the table, like suggestions that are much more witchy in nature about their business. And then they're like, yeah, I know that absolutely hits, but maybe they have like a marketing agency or, you know, um, I have one client that's, you know, just like owns a brick and mortar shop that has nothing to do with magic and it's fun. But it's certainly interesting to see how it all intertwines because they're obviously using magic to manifest their, their clients and their income and you exactly. know, their ideal business. So it's really interesting to make all of those pieces fit together. It is. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a really fun and interesting chat. And I know there's going to be some follow-up questions heading your way. So (laughs) I will have everything linked over at whichwednesdays.com. So you can go check out all of Angelica's profile and everywhere in case you want to contact her and ask all of your questions. But thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of the details of your practice. Of course. Thanks so much for having me again. It was super fun. Listeners, that's everything I have for this week. I will see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.